Anybody feel the presence of the Lord this morning? Yes. Anybody glad you were here? Yes. Amen. He's not done with what he wants to do in our hearts, is he? Amen. I'm really excited about what he's going to do. Uh, I believe God has set us up today uh, perfectly for what he has uh, put in our hearts and what he wants to do. And so I'm excited. We've been talking about uh, the message. We've started the 1st of April. Can you guys believe April is coming down to a close? Wow. That is amazing how quickly time is flying. And so we've been talking on a series here about how to erase your past and to live a shame-free life. And we've been talking about the power of the blood of Jesus to do that, to break off a guilt life, a life of shame, and how the, the power of the blood and how the power of the blood works and, uh, and how it is, matter of fact, how that blood is for God and God sees the blood and he places a value on the blood and how the, the blood is Godward. And then we've been talking about how the blood of Jesus is manward, it's for man, and there is a benefit for us. And even last week I discussed uh, four areas that the blood of Jesus uh, is for you and how it is applied to you. And I talked last week about how the blood of Jesus removes our sins. Anybody glad that uh, he throws your sins into the sea of forgetfulness? That, that, that they're gone? That literally the blood of Jesus is what does that? That he, it removes your sin? It doesn't cover it. Aren't you glad your, son, your, blood, your, your sins aren't just covered, but they're removed? Anybody happy about that? That's how it's manward. Also, the blood of Jesus brings us into right standing with God, that now I stand in a new position with God because of the blood of Jesus. And we're going to talk a little bit about that even later in the message. And then we also talked about last week about how the blood of Jesus clears your conscience. And that clearing your conscience of how guilt, and even today God was breaking off some things off of people, breaking that conscience and clearing your conscience. But we talked about how your conscience last week has to be cleared. And the only way it's cleared is if you believe the blood of Jesus is enough, that you accept it as enough, and that you would then appropriate or apply the blood of Jesus to your life every day, minute by minute, hour by hour, when the enemy tries to come in like a flood and accuse you of your past, that you're applying the blood of Jesus to your life every day. Have you guys been doing that this week? Have you stayed clean in your conscience? And the war that goes on in your mind, but that's how the blood of Jesus is manward in the last area of how the, the blood of Jesus is, man, or is for man and manward is that the blood of Jesus gives you access to God. That no longer do you have to go through Moses, no longer do you have to go through a priest, but now because of the blood of Jesus, you get to actually approach the, the throne of God boldly with confidence on your own. That you actually have access with God. You don't have to go through Eric. You don't have to get your revelation through me. Although the body of Christ, iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. That this, the preaching of the word is part of how you grow in your walk with God. But you literally do not have to depend upon me to get access to God because of the blood of Jesus. You and I both have access to God. Is anybody glad about that? I'm glad that you guys aren't going, oh, hey, Moses, uh, you go talk to God for me. Uh, Moses, you take care of it. He's a little scary to me. No, because of the blood of Jesus, you have access to God. And that is good news. 
very, very good news. And so today what I want to do is I want to begin to tap into this for Satan, not in a good way. Uh, the blood of Jesus was Satan word, and we're gonna, I'm going to unpack that. I talked to my wife this week, and I said, when I said that, what did that mean to you? She goes, I don't know. Could you explain that? And so I'm going to unpack that a little bit today and get us uh, understanding that. But I want to read a scripture today. So if you have your Bibles, uh, if you want to turn to the book of Hebrews, we're going we're gonna to read a scripture here uh, that really sums up this whole message uh, series. And I really felt like the Lord wanted me to read this at the beginning to just remind us uh, of what we're talking about here and the preciousness of the blood of Jesus. And it's out of Hebrews chapter 9, verses 12 through 15. Is that a big enough thought? Can you guys read that? I, I've tried to get it all on one instead of breaking it into two because it's so good. So this sums up this whole series. It says, Jesus did not enter, and when he's talking about entering, it ta it's, we're talking about the, the holy place, the holy place with God. Jesus did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood thus obtaining everybody say it eternal redemption the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean and again he's ref referencing to the old testament of how they made to how they had to make themselves ceremonially clean through the blood of an animal but what he's saying now is how much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Ooh, I like that eternal inheritance, don't you guys? Yes. Now that he has died, as again, there's that word, as a ransom to what? To set us free from the sins committed under the first covenant. May God add his blessing to the reading of that word, amen? amen. So today I want to turn us towards this thing about how the blood... And kind of the, the title under this, the, the series, again, is called How to Erase Your Past and Overcome, uh, and, and overcome Shame in Your Life. But under this, this topic of the, or this fourth message, it's really about overcoming the accuser. Today we're going to talk about how to overcome the accuser by the blood of Jesus. Amen? Are you guys good with that? So... One thing that we, we need to establish is in our culture, in America, we, uh, I, I realize in our church, we understand that there are demons, there are angels, there is dark spirits, there, are, there is an enemy. Even today, there was many metaphors about the army taking rank and the army closing, what was it called again? That, Closing rank, the army closing rank. And some people get intimidated in our culture. You guys are just becoming a little too militant, man. You guys are just about spiritual warfare. But we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and dark forces in the heavenlies. We are in a battle. Would you guys agree? 
You know, so many people say, why do bad things happen? Well, bad things happen because of sin in the earth. And sin gives the enemy authority. Sin gives the enemy authority to wreak havoc on people in this, in this world. Gives them legal rights. Sin gives Satan legal right. When you sin against God, you do open the door to the enemy. Do you guys realize that? And we got to close that. And that's what this blood series is all about. It's about us closing the door. It's about not giving the enemy access. It's about the blood of Jesus is truly Satan word, and it destroys Satan's authority. And so, but Satan is a roaring lion, is what the word of God says, and seeking to whom he may devour. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. There is a battle for your soul. There's a battle for your children. There's a battle going on around us. And the good news is, we win. Thank you, Tina. We win, and we must occupy and take dominion of the darkness in our, in our own life. And if, as I take dominion over the darkness in my own life, it then has overflow to help you get darkness out of your life. And I don't care who you are. Every person in this house has dysfunction and areas of their life where you have got to occupy and bring the kingdom of heaven to the dark places of your life. And we're all in that journey, aren't we? But he is a strategist. Satan is a strategist. He is not omnipresent. He is not everywhere at every time like God is. He doesn't have that ability. He listens to what you say. He can't read your mind. He cannot read your mind. But he can read your lips. He hears what you say. And sometimes what we do is we really give him a lot of authority with our words, don't we? But at any rate, Revelations 12.10, I realize Revelations 12.10 is talking about the end times, but it also has reference and application to us as Christians today, and this is what it says. In Revelations 12.10 it says that he, Satan, is an accuser of the brethren day and night, making accusation against you to God, and he also makes accusations to you as well, doesn't he? And he is an accuser. He is a liar. And he has many different names in the word of God. But he is active in our culture. And Christians really need to know how to fight and how to apply the blood of Jesus to destroy his work. Can I have an amen on that? Amen. And so, what is, I'm going to, out of that passage, out of, uh, out of Revelations 12, 11, I want to talk about what is accuser and what does accuser mean. So I've broken that, that word down from the Greek word, and I've also looked at that word even from our common thing, Webster's Dictionary, and we're going to take a look at that, and we're going to dive into this because you really have to understand your enemy and what he's attempting to do to you so that you know how to war against him, amen? I don't want to glorify Satan today. He is a real jerk. He really has no power unless you believe a lie. And so we have to make sure we take care of the accuser. Anybody ready to take care of the accuser today? Yeah. All right. So the definition or the Greek word definition for accuser is this. One who imputes guilt or blame to another with a legal emphasis. So Satan is imputing your guilt and, your, and he is blaming you with a legal emphasis, a judge or a person in the right. So he is imputing something that he says is right. He says, you are guilty 
The definition down there, a person who accuses one to be, to be guilty, especially in the court of law. But the word impute here literally means to attribute to. It, it is a, the quality and character of a person. And, and Satan is saying the quality and the character of you as a Christian is flawed. You're guilty. There's something wrong with you. And he's doing it with a legal um, court type action as he tries to accuse you to yourself and literally we'll get into the scriptures there's several examples even in the word of god where um, satan accuses you uh, and there's an example we'll talk about later i don't want to get there too far so i'm going to show a video about this whole thing about accusation because satan is the prosecutor in the court of law and so if you could set up a court system here God being the judge, Satan being the prosecuting attorney, he is coming, and you are the defendant over here, and he is coming, and he is making accusations against you in the court of law, against you, before God who stands as the righteous judge. And God is standing here at the judge, and Satan is prosecuting. He's coming with every guilt verdict. He's coming with every eyewitness. He's coming with everything against you that you have done. The mistakes you made last night, the mistakes you made this week, the things you fell into all your life, the things even as God, the word of knowledge of about a God is going to set somebody free from abortion and drug addiction, all, all the garbage of our life, he is throwing out in the courts of heaven. He's throwing it out, and he is making his case against you. Nonstop, he's making his case against you. Right here? And he does it before God. And God stands as the judge, and the, the defense attorney is Jesus Christ. And we're going to play this accusation thing out. And we're going to, you've got to realize what's going on on the inside of you so that you can kick some devil butt. Anybody into kicking devil butt? So I want to show this video. This video kind of shows this, this again, it's a metaphor. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, a, an example of how the enemy works against us. And in this, this video, Joan is being questioned about killing in battle. And this devil-like apparition kind of shows up and begins to taunt her and begins to uh, accuse her of killing people and, and, and he's trying to and even saying things like you gained pleasure out of killing people in battle and he's taunting her in this thing and he's using truth against her and let's watch this it's really pretty powerful if we could dim the lights Tom
Powerful video clip, isn't it? So Satan uses this strategy against us day in, day out, accusing you, guilting you, shaming you. Anybody been there besides me? And what does it do? It brings on this condemnation this guilt, this pressure. <laughs> and he condemns us. I, you guys remember the story about Job and how Satan accuses God about Job's, Job's character? Ah, this character, Job, he's only serving you, God, because you bless him so much. He's really not that righteous and holy, Satan said to God. He only serves you because you bless him. Job does not fear you, God, for nothing. He fears you and he honors you because you're doing something for him. That's called accusation. What was the accusation of the enemy in the Garden of Eden? Satan came and he made accusation against God and his people and satan goes to eve and he says god really isn't who he says he is he's just trying to get you to not know the difference between good and evil he doesn't want you to be like him 
and they were already like him. And he accuses God's character, and he accused them, and he accused God of holding out. You guys remember that story? And so Satan is really, really good about accusing us of guilt. And here's the, here's the crazy part, and the reason we fall into it so easily is there's a level of truth to what he's accusing us with. Our actions and our behaviors have been not quite righteous at times. Is that not true? And so he takes that which is somewhat true and he really distorts it. And he accuses you in your mind and he accuses you. But God has something that he says that the blood of, the blood of Christ does. But what you do as an individual with the accuser <laughs> determines how far you're going to go with God. What you do with the accuser and what he says against you determines the level of victory that you're going to walk in. The level of obedience you're going to walk in. The level of following the will of God will be determined how you do and how what you do with this accuser. And how you appropriate the truth of God's word. And many people are falling prey to not appropriating the blood properly when it comes to the accuser. And we're going to get into that. Do you guys want that today? Yeah. So we must follow what Jesus does with the accuser. Now we know, and I could go back to the scriptures of how Satan tempted Jesus in the, in the, the wilderness... And again, it was always the word of God that Jesus defender, that came against the enemy was with the word of God. And we are going to come against the enemy with the word of God. But you must address your accuser. And we're going we're gonna to learn how to do that. Amen? So that's where we're going today. How is this Satan word and what has God done? So the Lord literally confronts Satan. And he did that. On the cross Satan thought he was getting the upper hand on God he thought he was getting the upper hand on Jesus and so J Satan was all about killing and crucifying our Lord wasn't he he thought he was winning and so Satan's charge the, the Lord confronts Satan's charge with the fact that he is the great high priest Jesus his position he 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 confronts Satan with his position as high priest, but he also confronts Satan with his blood. We read that scripture in Hebrews and how the blood of Jesus is what uh, Jesus comes to Satan with. He comes with his own blood to confront Satan, the accuser. Amen? And here's what he says in Hebrews, 12, Hebrews 9, 12. Again, but Jesus entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption by his own blood. Everybody say his own blood. So he stands in your defense with his own blood, with his own position as high priest. He stands in position and he stands because of his blood. Everybody say blood and position. And so he stands and he says with his blood as Satan makes his accusation, Jesus says, not guilty. Amen. 
Jesus with his position and his blood, he declares the verdict not guilty. Satan says guilty. Jesus says, by position and by blood, not guilty. That's what God does. Jesus entered once for all. I love the fact in our gospel, there is not a repeating of the sacrifice of Christ. It was once for all. There is no more need of shedding of blood. The blood of Jesus was enough. It doesn't need to be shed over and over and over again. It just needs to be applied over and over again. So, how does the blood confront Satan? It does so by putting God on your side. How you go, okay, glory, hallelujah, God's on my side. But what happened in the garden? The fall with Adam and Eve brought what? Sin, judgment, separation. I hear a lot of words. Shame, guilt, a distancing of man and God. Is that what not took place? Something happened in the garden in man where Satan now had a hook in man. Right? Through the garden, through the sin, through disobedience, all of a sudden, Satan now has a hook in man, inside of man. He has authority inside of man now. Because of what had taken place. This is really foundational. And this is really important that we get this. Satan had the hook inside of man. And this hook compelled God. Compelled God to separate himself from man. And put man outside of the garden. Right? So God puts man outside of the garden. And there is a, now a, a, a separation. There's not the tenderness. There's not the closeness. Something has happened with man now. Is that not correct? But now God confronts Satan and says man is now in favor with God because of the blood. So God confronts Satan with Satan now had authority over man because of what we had done and what we had become. And now Jesus comes on the scene and he offers himself and he gives of his blood and his life freely. And now that which was alienated to God, that which was separated from the glory of God, is now brought back in union because of the blood not because of your actions not because of who you are but because of who jesus christ is right right simple truth we just need to be reminded of it over and over and over again right and so what happens is now god confronts satan now god confronts satan and says man is in favor with me now because of the blood and because god is on man's side man can confront and face satan now you can now face Satan. You can now have authority over him because of this. Okay? It's going to make sense here as I get through this. 
So if Satan points his finger and accuses you of guilt and accuses you before God and he points his finger at you because of where you fall short, God points his finger to Satan and he points his finger towards Christ and he points his finger towards the blood. So God confronts Satan with his accusations as the judge and he says, no, that is not who my servant is. They are a royal priesthood. They are holy. They are a new creation because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Right? And that's what Jesus says. And that's so why it's so critical that we get this because we have got to treat each other that way as well. But we are never going to treat each other that way if we don't apply it and appropriate it to our own life first. Can I have an amen on that? So the blood is, is Satan word in that the blood is the sufficient answer against Satan accusation and against his appeal against you. So I want to read another scripture, and I believe we'll get somewhere today. God, I just pray for your blessing on your word today. Romans 8, 3, 33 says this, Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies who is it that shall condemn? And it goes into that Jesus Christ is the one who will judge. It is not Satan who will judge. Who will lay any charge against you, God's elect? Say, I'm God's elect. I'm God's elect. Say, I'm God's elect. I'm, God's elect. I'm his child. I'm if you have confessed Christ Jesus as your Lord, if you have given your life to him, if you've surrendered to his lordship and you have literally given your life unto him, you are his elect. And it is God that justifies you and makes it as if you've never sinned. Amen? So only Jesus will have the right to condemn anyone. Satan has no legal right to condemn you. He has no authority over you because of the blood and because of the position of who Christ is. And this really ties into Tom's message several weeks ago where Tom was talking about power and authority. We've got to understand who we are and the authority that we have because of the blood of Christ that we will walk differently as God's people if we really understand this God-powerful foundational truth in our life. So we must confront Satan with your authority in Christ, in your position in Christ, and you must confront Satan with the blood of Christ. So when the enemy comes in like a flood and he begins to accuse you of your past, which may not be so all distant past, could have been this morning, Lord have mercy, I mean, if you really think about your sin, there are sins you're committing, you have no clue you're making them. So if it was based upon your behavior, your behavior would never ever be good enough anyway. <laughs> because you don't know the word of God enough to where you're aware of the areas where you're falling short. That's another, that's another thing, right? So if we're going to confront Satan and, with our own authority in Christ and the blood, so what should our response to Satan's charges and accusations against us be? If God confronts Satan's charges against you, you must follow his example and you must confront your accuser as well. 
Remember, Satan accuses us not only before God, but he also accuses us before ourselves in our mind, in our conscience, right? We talked about that last week. And here's Satan's charge constantly against you to yourself. You're a sinner. You've messed up. God's mad. God's angry. You're not good enough. Remember what you did. What, what, what does he use against you? How many times have you said, you're so stupid? Why did I do that again? Gosh. Oh, I hate myself. Has anybody else had those thoughts? Oh, I hate this. Oh, what is this? Oh, gosh, I hate doing that. God, help me, Lord. Anybody went through that process? I'm sure you have other words. Some that we would have to bleep out. I'll never forget years and years ago where God began to make this truth known to me. And I had been confronted with pornography. And over and over, I'd slipped into sin over and over and over. And it was just like, I am so sick of this. Anybody been there with me? I remember applying the blood of Jesus and I remember something rising up in me and I remember and I remember I am not a pornographer that is not who I am that is not who I am and I began to apply the blood of Jesus to the accuser of my heart and things began to change as I began to face my accuser, you must face your accuser and confront him. Are you guys hearing me? You must turn and face your accuser and you must confront him. You must turn and face your accuser and you must confront him when you're in that place and you know what the Spirit of God is doing in convicting you to repent and to confess your sin and to run from it, you must confront your accuser. Even in Acts, it talks about the Roman custom or the Roman culture. And in Acts 25, 16, it says, I told them it is not the Roman custom to hand over anyone before they have faced their accusers and have had the opportunity to defend themselves against the charges. That's in the Roman custom. So how much do you face your accuser? So you must face your accuser even in the Roman culture. You were to, efface, you were to face your accuser. So my question today is, how are you going to defend yourself against the accusations of the enemy? What are you going to bring to the accuser about your behavior? Because here's what I find, is I find we fall into two temptations. There are two ways not to do it. I'm going to show you how not to do it, 
and then I'm going to talk about how to do it, okay? Because okay? what I find is there's two ways that we normally do it, and both of those ways are wrong. Are you guys ready for this? Yeah. One temptation is to look within ourselves and to ha- be self-defensive, to look into ourselves to defend ourselves by something that is inside of us. And what I mean by that is I, I, I want to look to my own behavior. I want to look to my own righteousness. I want to look to my own things that I'm doing to be the defense against Satan, his accusations when he comes to me. So we're in the court of law and the prosecuting attorney Satan is coming. He's saying you did this and you did this and you did this. And I'm over here getting ready to give my defense. No, no, I went to church every week. I read my Bible every week. I, 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 I gave to the poor. I, I, I did all this. This is what I did. My defense to you is I'm not guilty because this is what I've done. And there's this temptation to, to in our own self-righteousness, our own ability to take the credit for the defense against us. That's called self-righteousness. And it is filthy rags, is what the Bible says. It doesn't work. We can be tempted to look to some ground in ourselves to stand for my defense against Satan's accusations. Some ground for me to stand in of my own accord. But I'm always found wanting. Because there's always something. There's always something in myself that falls short of the glory of God. The other temptation is to go the other extreme and admit our helplessness, to be victimized, and to allow depression and despair to fall on us to fall prey to the accusation and to follow the accusation of the enemy to the point of our sins and allow him to charge us with what, uh, to, to what he is saying. It's just to surrender and say, you're right, I'm a slime ball. Yep, I'm a sinner. I, I'm just, I'm flawless, I'm flawed, and to get into this, oh, uh, why try? Anybody been there before? Don't laugh too much over there now. Just to give in to the charge. That's the other temptation. Yep, you're right, Satan. I'm a slime ball. And if we give in to these accusations, we will go down immediately <laughs> into defeat. And Satan has won. And I see many, many people do that. They pull the victim card. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. But if we're going to move ahead with God, if we're going to come ahead with God, if we're going to move the ball down the field, we have to take a different response. I love what Watchman Nee says in his book about those who fall prey to Satan's attacks and they give in to it. Here's what he said. God is well able to deal with our sins, but he cannot deal with a man under accusation because such a man is not trusting in the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood speaks in your favor, 
but you are listening instead to Satan. Christ is our advocate, but we, the accused, side with the accuser. When we side with the accuser, we have not recognized that we are unworthy of anything but death and to be crucified away. We have not recognized that it is God alone that can answer the accuser and that in the precious blood, he has already done so. So I can't stand under the accusation. A man who stands under the accusation of the enemy falls prey to not trusting and having faith in the blood of Jesus. Did you get that? And so, as you are being accused by Satan, what will your defense be? What will be your defense? Our salvation lies completely on the blood of Jesus. The word sozo, saved, delivered, and healed, relies totally upon the blood of Jesus. Totally. The total efficacy, the total completeness, the complete work of salvation lies completely in the blood of Jesus Christ. Solely in Christ Jesus alone. Can everybody say amen on that? Amen. Seeing that his blood has taken care of our whole situation created by our sins. <laughs> and God has answered it. He's answered the situation with the blood. I know I keep running over this. I know I'm attacking this on different fronts. Church. You've got to understand the value that God places on the blood. Never should we answer Satan's accusations with our good behavior. Never should we answer Satan's accusations because of our good behavior. Never. Never should we answer his accusations based upon uh, agreement with him and what he's saying against us. He's lying. Every time he's lying. Every time he's lying. When he accuses you, that is your sign he's lying. When he says you're guilty, when he says this about you, you can just simply say, up yours. <laughs> Not guilty. Not guilty. Amen. Not guilty. It's the blood that stands in your defense. Yes, we are sinful. Yes, we fall short. But praise God, the blood cleanses us from every, every, every sin. And it stands in my defense. God looks upon the blood of his son and his blood has met the charge and the accusation of Satan. And Satan has no more ground to attack you on your behavior. 
Satan no longer has any ground to attack you on his behavior. And why is this so important? This is so important when it comes to our health, our money, our children, our stuff, our, our king, advancing the kingdom of heaven. The attacks of the enemy can often seem relentless. He comes to attack your money, he comes to attack your home, your children, your health, and even our morality through him accusing you and through temptation. But there's something he doesn't want you to know. There's something Satan does not want you to know. <laughs> he doesn't want you to know he has no legal right. He has no legal right. And here's where it began to work in my heart here not too long ago. Even with Gary Tower, bless his heart as we have re released him into the care of the Lord. And as God began to deal with me on some things with that, and as God began to, the enemy was beginning to beat me up. And here's, I'm going to get real vulnerable, okay? I'm going to get vulnerable. I'm going to get naked. <laughs> but the enemy started to accuse me that I had no authority to break into Gary's situation with health because I was not living completely free in my body. That you're eating too much and you're still struggling with getting your, your body in line. Yes, I am, but it was a lie. It was a lie. I do have authority even though I've fallen short of the glory of God. I do have authority even though I've fallen short. Because not of my behavior on the outside, which is well endowed. There's amazing six-pack under this thing. You just can't see it. I'm a mean, lean fighting machine. I tore him out up on the basketball court Thursday, man. I did it, man. I put him down. It's coming back. But the enemy started to accuse me of not having authority because of sin. And it took several weeks. Gary's gone. And I'm praying, I'm saying, God, what was going on? You're trying to teach me something. I'm in his word. I'm meditating. I'm praying. I'm seeking his heart. And he says, take care of the accuser. Take care of the accuser. And I said to that, that daggone prosecutor, I said, you're a lying sack of poop. I said, I'm not guilty. I'm covered by the blood of the Lamb. And I said, I have authority because of the blood and because of my position in Christ. Yeah. That worked pretty good, wasn't it? That pretty good. Ring his bell. <laughs> That's how it works out in your life. I'm talking about the application of truth right now. Getting a little vulnerable with me on the inside. And he, that's how the enemy does. He accuses you of a little truth about your life. And he goes, and he gets you to retreat from your authority. He gets you to retreat from who you are. He gets you to retreat from the destiny that's on your life. 
And I said, oh no, you're not going to play that game on me anymore. I'm going to advance the kingdom of darkness. I'm going to declare who I am. I'm going to come against you, accuser. And I start talking with my mouth because he can't hear me in my words in my head. He can't hear your words or he can't hear your thoughts. But he can hear your words and you start taking authority over that accuser and you say, oh no, oh no, oh no, hear me. Some of you guys are just way too passive and quiet. And you do this middle gymnastics thing. Oh, you pray in the spirit quietly. And you... I say, I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus and by the authority of who I am as a son of the Most High God. And I declare the blood of Jesus is more than enough. Amen. Go. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And, buddy, he will flee. That makes me want to shout. He has no legal right to any part of my life. When Jesus shed his blood on the cross, he accomplished more than just redemption. More than just a ransom. More than just forgiveness of my sins. The blood of Jesus reversed the curse. And that includes sickness. That includes disease, that includes poverty, that includes lack, it includes depression, it includes strife, it includes addiction. Of any type. It includes the bondage to sin and sexual immorality. It covers it all. It's finished. History. Over. Done with. Accomplished. Completed. Done. Get her done. Jesus got her done. Those things have no legal right to be in my life any longer. Can I have an amen on that? So are you getting this? Are you getting this? You must, you must face your accuser. You must face the one who is accusing you. Facing him and the accuser is not this. Would you just leave me alone? You're really getting me upset. Bye-bye. Oh, come on. Would you just leave me alone? Really, seriously. There's got to be a tenacity inside of you. Faith has to well up. Our faith is the precious. Our faith in the precious blood of Jesus is powerful, guys. And our refusal, and our refusal of the accusations of the enemy is paramount. Your refusal to be moved from the position of who you are. Again, at the beginning of the message, I said that Jesus took his position as great high priest and he, 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 he addressed his accuser with his position and with his blood. And we have to follow suit. We must 
we must address our accuser with our position as a kingdom of priests, as a holy nation, as a royal priesthood, as holy, as righteous because of the blood of Jesus, all with that spit. <laughs> and I must, I, must, I must address my accuser because of the blood. Is that making sense? Are you getting a little on how you need to do some kicking butt this week? I hope so. This is how we overcome the accuser. So again, Revelations 12, 11, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and loving not their lives, even unto death. There's three parts there, by the way. The blood, my testimony, and I've died. My life's not my own. I'm under the lordship of Jesus Christ. I don't do my own thing. I do his thing. Oh, what deliverance and freedom we will see when we value the blood of Christ the same way God values the precious blood of his son. Here's what we're going to do today. It's 12.01. Wow, I'm landing the plane. Thank you for the worship team for getting started on time today. You guys are amazing. Uh, we're going to have the altar team come up. And here's what I got this morning at 3 a.m. when I was woke up. Felt like we were going to apply the blood of Jesus and our position in Christ today. We've done fire tunnels around here every now and then. We're going to do a blood tunnel. And we'll have the altar team come up here. And in the Old Testament, when they passed through the blood, they would cut the heifer in half. They would cut the heifer in half and lay one side of the heifer here and one side of the heifer here. And they would pass through the muck. And they would pass through the blood for the atonement of their sin. Kind of a gory picture. Us Christians are gory. And I really felt like the Lord was going to do something. And I know he's already done, but there was this breaking off of shame and guilt that was going to take place today as we, we apply the blood and as we, we cross the bloodline underneath this, this fire tunnel, this blood tunnel, and that there was something going to take place inside your heart. Just God's going to do something. You guys have faith for that? You guys have faith for that? And what I'm going to do, I, I, I felt like the Lord said this, go through one time. Don't go through the tunnel and then keep going through the tunnel and keep going through the tunnel and then keep going through the tunnel and then keep going through the tunnel and I'm going through the tunnel again. It was done once and for all. Once and for all. The blood of Jesus was shed once for all. And we have an opportunity to go through today. I'm going to put it, we're, going to, we're going to play a, a song. And we're going to apply the blood of Jesus to our lives today. And there's going to be shame and guilt broken off. There are going to be some things broken off, people, if you will come by faith. If you're a guest with us today and you go, that's just a little too spooky for me, I'm cool with that. This is going to be the dismissal of the service. Once you're done going through the blood, 
It's a symbolic and prophetic act that we're going to take. We're going to apply the blood of Jesus to our life through the tunnel, and we're going to walk through as if we're walking through the blood of Christ, and prophetically we're applying the blood, and I'm going to pray for each person as they come out of the tunnel. I'm going to just declare a blessing over you as you come out of the tunnel. And God is going to meet you here. I just ask that you don't prophesy over people. I just ask that they let the blood and let the blood stand as your defense today. And we're going to come against the accuser of the brethren through the blood of Christ today. How's that sound with everybody? All right.